Our text this morning is in the book of Jeremiah, book of Jeremiah, chapter 7, chapter 7, book of Jeremiah. We'll read there the first 15 verses, Jeremiah 7, 1 through 15. Jeremiah, like ourselves, lived in a world where, that was searching for security. It was a very unsteady time in the life of Israel, and particularly in Jerusalem. Uh, nations had begun to fall all around, including the northern kingdom of Israel. And uh, now the southern kingdom was being threatened as well. And so security was a big, a big matter. Uh, there had been a couple of kings, a couple of really fine kings, Josiah and, and King Jeho, Jehoiakim now was on the throne. And there was two realities. On the one hand, there was a lot of wickedness and cruelty and involvement with sin and idolatry. And on the other, there was a new love affair with the temple of God. The people were raving about the temple and the importance of the temple. And uh, really the result of people's desire for security really resided on having the temple of God. And so there was sort of a strange mixture going on of wickedness and worship. And so over in chapter 7... The prophet Jeremiah, really to his own peril. You know, these prophets often stood alone. There was really no support system uh, for them. And so when they prophesied, it was at risk of their own lives, their families. And so the tensions were very high when the prophets here, especially Jeremiah, began to speak about the word of judgment from God. So it says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim here this word. And say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you Judah, all you of Judah who enter by these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your deeds, and I will let you dwell in this place. Do not trust in the deceptive words saying, This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. For if you truly amend your ways and your deeds, if you truly practice justice between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the alien, the orphan, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, nor walk after other gods to your own ruin, then I will let you dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Behold, you are trusting in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal, murder, and commit adultery, and swear falsely, and offer sacrifices to Baal, and walk after other gods that you have not known, and then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered." that you may do all these abominations. 
Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your sight? Behold, I, even I, have seen it, declares the Lord. But go now to my place, which was in Shiloh, where I made my name dwell at the first, and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. And now because you have done all these things, and declares the Lord, and I spoke to you, rising up early and speaking, but you did not hear, and I called you, but you did not answer. Therefore I will do to the house which is called by my name, in which you trust, and to the place which I gave you and your fathers, as I did Shiloh. And I will cast you out of my sight, as I have cast out all your brothers and all the offspring of Ephraim. So, this is a very difficult lesson. Uh, Most of Jeremiah's ministry was such as this. He lived in the dying days of his country. And so, uh, his call was always to repentance. And there, there was opportunity to change in the life of Judah up till the very end. But uh, his message was very unpopular. It was unpopular with the people. It was unpopular with the king. It was unpopular with the priest. Probably unpopular to some of his kinfolks who would just soon not have him heard. And so here he is, and this is by the fall festival. Uh, the priest called the temple. This was a great festival. A big crowd was coming. Uh, some of you have been talking around. Some of you have been caught in the traffic around here in Asheville this week. If you got on that south side uh, on Friday evening, I'm telling you, it was a long haul. But uh, there's always a lot of people coming to Asheville to see the leaves. And God bless them, amen. <laughs> At least the leaves aren't changing too much as far as I can tell. But uh, we can still rejoice in the Lord, right? I saw you back there uh, I saw you back there, some of you doing this while we were singing with Cherie. Uh, Seth, you were one of them, I believe. Yeah, going right along with it. Kids doing their emotions. It's good to have a place and a people that we can share and worship the Lord. And so uh, there it was. The priests were calling to the temple and people were coming by in droves. And there is where... Jeremiah was stationed there at the gates of the temple. And uh, Jeremiah came with a fire in his heart. He came with something that was unquenchable. He said, in one place I have a fire in my bones. I cannot but speak. And so God had planted in his heart, his life, this passion for his people. This was not to be a bearer of bad news. This was a call from God to His people. It was a loving call, really. He was calling to His people before it's too late. Stop and turn around. Repent and change. And so, uh, He was denouncing the, the temple worship as it had become because people were placing all their faith in just the mere fact of the temple and of its worship. Uh, He was indicating to the people that faith and obedience to God alone was what was acceptable. Not just hollow worship, but their their hearts had to be in it. Uh, He declared the fall of Judah if they did not repent. 
And so it wasn't a matter of just self-reform here. Many of us may be struggling to reform ourselves. It's not a matter of just us changing ourselves. It's a matter of revival. It's a matter of allowing God into our life in such a way that He will will help us bring about the changes that we need to change. And so, uh, so here are some things to learn. In those first four verses, he spells it out. He said, there, there is here the possibility of putting your trust in the wrong place. It's one thing to have faith, but it's another thing to put your faith in the wrong place. To trust in the wrong place. That's shaky ground. And so there's a false security can come about by believing a lie. And the people there had been believing a lie. It, it doesn't, they it sort of went by the thing, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe. As long as you have faith. And that's sort of a, a common theme we hear nowadays. Just so you believe in something, that's what's important. That's, that's really a lie. That's not, that's not the Word of God. It's not from Jesus' heart. It's not from any of the Bible's heart and message. It is a lie. Um, it's possible it's possible for the majority to believe in a lie and that's what was happening there and it can happen here make sure that the truth that you're putting your faith in is solid that song goes be very sure your anchor holds a solid rock it has to be foundation on God alone. There is no other but Jehovah. How many times did we sing that? <laughs> many times. But that's what was being driven home. There's just one God, and that's Jehovah God. And the people were trying to believe lies and follow lies, and there was a lot of confusion. There's a false security in believing a lie. There's false security also in following the crowd. Following the popular way. We now have before us an absolute torrent of what the popular way is nowadays. There is a stream that flows continually through television, the internet, you name it, through just our, our popular uh, means of communication nowadays. And it presents a way that is, seems okay. And it seems like this is the way to go because everybody's kind of going this way. This is where Christians have to, like Jeremiah, have to pause and say, this is who I am. I am Christ's child. I'm a child of God, and I, this is where I have to stand on the truth of God's Word and not on some following the crowd. Are you going to follow the crowd? Jesus says the way of the crowd is a broad way, and many go that way. But that is a false security. He said that way actually leads to destruction. He said there is a narrow way. Not so many may, will choose that way. But as Christians, we have accepted Christ as our Savior. And that is the way that we have 
we have accepted for ourselves. And, and what Jeremiah would say is, we sure better go that way. We better stick to that way. Young people, you, you know you have decisions to make every day in your own life. And if, and if you think it's true for yourself, it's also true for everybody else here uh, as we go along. There's a false security in following the crowd. There's a false security in what would be called a shallow religion. Just a profession without obedience. Uh, Jeremiah's warning against what was really an external kind of religion that was being placed over the people. This matter of the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. We're going to put our faith, the temple of the Lord. God resides in that temple. It's in Jerusalem. And uh, we, we are holding to that. That's what we're holding on to for our, our security. They did the same thing with the ark of the Lord and with the tabernacle of old times. Anytime you're putting your, your uh, faith in a place... Starnes Cove Baptist Church. If you're just putting your faith in a place, then it's, it's misplaced. It's got to be in the Lord Himself. And that's an age-old problem. We want to get by with what's called cheap grace. We don't really want to turn our whole heart over to Him. The devil will fight you in this area. He'll fight you harder on these things. Prayer, Bible study, fellowship of Christ, and witnessing for Him. He'll fight you on those four fronts until he's got you down. And he doesn't need to fight you anymore. And so, there's an age-old problem. Martin Luther, we just celebrated. I'm sorry I wasn't up on my history. I wasn't paying attention close enough. I'm sure Stan has this on the tip of his tongue and he'll help me with this. Uh, anniversary of the Reformation. Was it 500 years? Since the Reformation? Mickey, you were around then. What, what was going on? <laughs> Martin Luther's problem was with the indulgences. There was a saying, when the coin hits the coffer, a soul springs from purgatory. That somehow you could just give money and it would keep people out of hell. Well, that's a shallow way of looking at things. And so... There's a false security in a shallow religion. You can't even make an idol out of the Bible. You say, I so reverence the Bible. Well, the Bible is God's Word. Our reverence is for God alone, in Him alone. Um, And so, you know, simply coming to church and observing some rituals, the rituals of church, even faithfully, that's not going to get it done. That's what the people were doing. They were just showing up. But their lives were going the other way. They were just doing whatever it seemed good to them in their life. And so Jeremiah is saying, you see this in verse 8 through 11, God's no to religions separated from living. The people were not obeying the Lord. They were not caring for the people as as God's word had commanded. They were not looking to the alien or to the widow or the orphans. By the way, this past Monday night at the Baptist Association, we heard from the Baptist Children's Home. And it was one of the most inspirational messages uh, that we could have heard as the children shared. These are orphans. And they shared about being in a place where they actually were loved and not neglected or abused. Many of them had run away from home 
to get away from the trouble. And they had found a place where they were cared for in Jesus' name. What a blessing. Now, in November, we're going to be receiving children's home offering. It'll go 100% to one of the six children's homes around North Carolina. Our nearest one is over at Broyhill in Clyde area. And so, <clears throat> uh, anyway, they, they were neglecting all the important matters, the real concerns. You know, we've been, we've been just knocked over in the last uh, couple of months with just all kinds of needs in this world. You know, hurricanes and earthquakes and shootings and now a fire, a great fire. And the needs are deep. And, you know, how are God's people responding? So, you know, sometimes we think we can find security by just sort of putting a compartment in our heart and saying, I'll keep God in this place, but otherwise I'm going to do my thing. I'm just going to enjoy my life the best I can. We, what we used to call, I heard this in seminary, I guess it's, it's still being used, compartmentalized religion. Just put God in a little box somewhere in our life. Just a place to keep Him. Sometimes we can put Him in the compartment of the past. Somewhere back there, you say, I profess Jesus as my Savior. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I put my hand in the hand of Christ. But really, it's all in the past. I'm just kind of banking on the past. past. Jesus told a parable in, in uh, Matthew uh, 21, verse uh, 28, in that area there. Let's look at this. It says, uh, But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first, and he said, Son, go work today in the vineyard. And the son answered and said, I will, sir. But he did not go. He came to the second and said the same thing. But he answered and said, I will not. And yet afterward, he regretted what he said, and he went. Which of the two did the will of the Father? And they said, the latter. And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you that the tax gatherers and harlots will get into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax gatherers and harlots did believe him, and you, seeing this, did not even feel remorse afterwards so as to believe him. As he talked to some of the religious leaders, really, here. And he's saying, it's the one who hears my word and then follows my word. Not just who assents to it and says, you know, okay. Hiding in the compartment of the past. Nor can we hide in the compartment of the future. And that is those of us who may say, you know, sometime or another, I'm going to turn my life over to the Lord. But I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait to some time in the future. Uh, I don't want to do it now, but when I get ready, I'm going to call on the Lord, but not right now. I would not test the Lord in that matter. If you put God off, if you keep saying no to Him, then the time will come when you won't even be able to hear that voice. You're making your own ears to Him 
calloused. And so, and so the compartment of the future, I'll just put God off the compartment of the future. Or maybe we'll just say, well, I've got him in my Sunday compartment. That's my day with him. Uh, verses 9 and 10 uh, talk a little bit about that. He said, uh, and, and then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered that you may do all these abominations. Has the house which is called by my name become a den of robbers in your sight, even because even I have seen it, declares the Lord. And so, so just coming and you know, saying I'm delivered and being a part of a church itself is not enough. You say, well, don't you want people to come to church? Yes, I want, we do want people to come to church. Amen. I mean, the church is a hospital for sinners. I mean, we need to come. And we need to repent and we need to respond to the Lord, not only in our words, but when we leave from here, we're also the church of God. And we are to live it out wherever we live, wherever we go, whatever place we're in. It's not just in a Sunday compartment. It says, God is not ignorant. Verse 11, he says, I see it. He said, I see it. So no matter what we may think about putting our faith backwards or putting it off or putting it aside, God sees it. He knows our heart. He knows us like a book. The result in their situation was a tragic result. They were finally found powerless before the enemy. And he mentions this city, Shiloh. And Shiloh is up in the northern part of the kingdom. And this is the place where, where uh, the Lord first established Himself, you might say, with Jacob. And so it became a worship center in the northern kingdom. It was sort of the Jerusalem of the north. If you could say there was a Jerusalem of the north. It was at least a religious city that was considered very sacred. And He said the northern kingdom had its Shiloh and look what happened. They turned from the Lord. They did not repent. Prophets came to them and preached and there was no change. The witness of the Lord came to them in many ways and there was no change until finally the crisis came and they were gone. And it can happen to Christians too. We can get so confused in making other things our idols that when the crisis comes we hardly know where to bow. That's what was going on. The people were bowing down to their idols and seeking their salvation. They had also lost their influence. Jesus talks about our influence being lost. A savorless salt, He says. He said, you are the salt of the earth, but if your salt has lost its savor, it is worthless. It is good for nothing but to be swept away. Judah had left God and had lost its savor. That can happen to a church. As a matter of fact, Jesus in the book of Revelation gives warnings to churches about, about the, what's trending in their churches. In the church of Ephesus, he said, you've left your first love. You've been content to turn away from your first love for God, that passion you had for God. You've let it fall into the past. He said to Sardis, you have a name for being alone, uh, being alive, but that is more a name than the real thing. His threat was, I'm going to re- I can remove your candlestick. So what does that mean? That represented their light, the presence of Christ. The presence of Christ in their churches. Uh, so that can be removed. God help us 
as a church if the candlestick of God is removed. The power of God, the presence of God, the call of God, the voice of God, the love of God. God help us if that happens. And it can happen. Many people are worried about their country. They're worried about what they see taking place in their country. I tell you, the main thing we should be worried about in this country is the way Christians are behaving. And the turning, growing cold toward the Lord. That is really of utmost concern. So when you see the world doing this thing and that thing, and you want to raise a complaint and say this and that, remember that Jesus held accountable the people of God far more than He did the people who would be coming to the Lord eventually uh, that He named. And so real security is found by putting your trust in the right place, in the Lord God Almighty, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who only, only is worthy of our worship and of our, of our commitment. And that comes by repentance. In verse 3, he says, Thus says the Lord, amend your ways and your deeds. Repent. Turn. Just turn. Just turn it over to the Lord. That's an act of faith. It's not something you have control over. It's something that you can give over uh, to the Lord. And just turn from that wrong way of following the Lord. Turn to the, turn to the Lord Himself. And then there's faith. Trust His Word. Depend on His Word. And then there's obedience, which uh, expresses itself in the right relations with other people. You cannot be content to, to, be in a, uh, to be at odds with other people as far as you're concerned. You may not be able to mend every fence. But it is your and our responsibility not to, be, not to be a slave to bitterness or anger, resentment, and revenge. We've got to be willing, as much as what lies within us, as Paul says, to live at peace with all men. And so uh, that's the only way to real security. If, if Israel had done this, he said, then in verse 70, then I will let you dwell in this place in the land that I gave to your fathers. He said, I'd be willing to do it forever and ever. That's the promise of God. So whether or not our nation recognizes the Lord, we as God's people must continue to recognize and worship and obey the Lord. That's, that's the bottom line. America was a refuge, you might say, to people who had a desire to worship God and serve God. But whatever has happened and has gone on, and you can just, I'm not even talking party stuff here at all. I'm not even uh, pointing my finger at any one particular person. But for whatever reason that America would turn its back away, the people of God have got to remain faithful. We've got to remain faithful. It begins with me. It begins with you. Uh, we've got to be true to our Lord. Will you pray with me in just a moment? And so, Father, as we review this passage out of Jeremiah, it may seem long ago. And we may look at many of these passages and think, well, what does this even have to do with me? But, Lord, I think if we really look at our Bible honestly, we will see that things have not changed. We are still the same in so many ways. And we still uh, make promises 
and we break our promises. We still, Lord, uh, find ourselves, uh, even though we may have had times of faithfulness, we may find ourselves backsliding away from the Lord, falling away. Or maybe we've just never really come to a place to say, I'm going to accept Christ Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. And I'm going to follow Him all my life long. Maybe for you today, that's the very word that you need to hear to your heart. As I, Lord, am looking at my life and uh, God desiring a reviving in my heart and life, God, let us all today just look down deep and say, I want to be genuine before the Lord. I want God to be able to look at my heart and know that, that I'm really following Him with my whole heart. I'm not holding back. There may be some things in my life I need to change. I need to repent of. I need to turn loose and let God and let go and follow the Lord. Whatever it might be today. Messages like this aren't really meant to be just so somber and doomsday. They're meant to give us an opportunity. To give us a hope. As God said, if you will do this, I will. I will come to you and bless your life. And I will bless you as a people. And so let's, let's look at it that way. God has given us an opportunity to rejoice in the Lord with all our heart and soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Our hymn is hymn number 279, Master, Let Me Walk With Thee. Let's stand together and let's sing this hymn. And perhaps God's spoken to your heart today and really to make a decision. You might need today to make a significant decision in your life. And, and that's why we give an open invitation, an opportunity to, to respond. But whether it's in your seat or whether it's coming forward, may God bless you today as we sing. Some